Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Wednesday, January 3rd. Today, politics team leader Jesse Paul talks with Sandra Fish about the biggest political story of 2024 so far. Before we begin, join the Colorado Sun as it brings the series High Cost of Colorado to the virtual stage. Discussions will include conversation around the high cost of housing, food, personal entertainment, the strain on Coloradans' budgets, and what's bothering our readers. Join for free on January 16th and RSVP today at coloradosun.com events. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In the late 19th century, Colorado was reeling from the collapse of silver mining and turned to sugar beets for economic revival. Europeans had long been converting beets into sugar, and the United States followed suit. Colorado entrepreneurs, including prominent figures like John Campion and James Brown, established the Colorado Sugar Manufacturing Company in 1899, selecting Grand Junction for their first factory. Despite importing quality beet seed from Germany, the venture faced numerous setbacks, adverse weather, pests, and premature harvests leading to rot. These difficulties resulted in underwhelming production, prompting the company to sell the factory, which operated until 1931. The building found a new role in the 1950s, processing uranium for nuclear weapons during the Cold War. Before we continue, a quick thank you to our members, who make it possible for the Colorado Sun to bring you your news about our beautiful, complex state. If you aren't yet a member, consider joining now to support local journalism and gain access to member newsletters. Start your membership today at coloradosun.com join. Now our feature story. Hey there, Daily Sun Up listeners. It's great to be back in this new year, 2024. It's a big election year, and this is Sandra Fish from the Sun's politics team, and I'm here with our leader, Jesse Paul. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Welcome to 2024. What we're going to talk about today is what happened just last week in 2023, and it was kind of a shocker, um, kind of gr- huge story to end the year, and Jesse, tell us about this story. What is it? Well, the big news last week was that U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert has decided to switch congressional districts in the 2024 for 2024 re-election bid from the 3rd District over on the Western Slope, which she currently represents, to the 4th District over on the Eastern Plains. How did you come across this story? So on Wednesday morning, I started to get some calls about this, that, that this was maybe going to happen later in the day. We started to reach out and, and, and uh, you know, ask a bunch of people what was going on. And by the end of the evening, the news had broken about her decision to switch races. Um, but it totally took the, the Republican and the Democratic political world, world, for that matter, by surprise. No one really saw this coming. It's a pretty unheard of thing to do. People don't switch congressional districts in the middle of their campaigns. And so, you know, it's just a, a super uh, big, surprising moment in 2024 election. Yeah, it was interesting to watch her video that she posted to Facebook that evening. And it really is a surprise. It's not only in the middle of the election cycle, it's in the middle of her term serving these other constituents in the third district. And she's moving to a district that's hundreds of miles away, shall we say. I mean, her district is the largest in the in the state, but to 
totally different sides of the state. And these districts are markedly demographically different. You know, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So people probably know the third district for being kind of this mountainous centered district on the, on the western half of the state. It does include Pueblo and some parts of southern Colorado, but it's really anchored by like Grand Junction and some of these ski communities like Aspen and Durango. Most of the population is on that western slope side of things. Whereas the fourth district is basically all of the eastern plains. It sweeps into Douglas County. That's where the population center is. And then also into Loveland in Larimer County. That's kind of the second biggest group of population. But it's this vast expanse of plains. So you kind of got like the mountains versus the plains thing going on. And then the voting the voting public or the, the actual people who live in the districts look a lot different, right? The third district is less Republican. It favors Republicans by about nine percentage points, whereas the Fourth district favors Republicans by about 27 percentage points. That's according to a previous analysis of election results in the district dating back uh, between 2016 and 2020. And then, you know, demographically, it's different, too. Right. Like different people live in different places. Yes, they're 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 rural. But fourth district voter tends to be a little bit wealthier, maybe a little bit more educated than the third district voter. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they just again, besides the geography, they're, they're quite different places. That's what really struck me is that. The, the median household income in the third district was $67,000 in 2022, according to census numbers. And the median household income in the fourth was 108000 That's just a lot more. And the poverty rate in the fourth district was only 5.7% compared with 12.3% in the third district. I, like you said, you've got all these suburban areas it's just a very, very different sort of district. You know, it's such a seismic shift, too. Can you talk about what people are saying about this? Yeah, I think generally it's it's a lot of surprise. Again, like I said before, people don't typically do this in the middle of an election season, in the middle of a campaign. And so there's kind of a lot of head scratching going on about the decision that she made. But I think obviously it's in big time recognition of the fact that you know, Lauren Boebert was going to have a difficult time winning re-election in the third district. She only won by 546 votes in 2022, and Democrats had made this a priority to to win it in, in the 2024 election. And so it wasn't going to be such a surprise kind of a, a thing um, where, where it had been written off in years past as just being a Republican district. So, you know, there's the folks who are running. There's a whole bunch of folks who are running in the fourth fourth congressional district Republican primary who weren't super happy about this news. Um, I guess we kind of thought that maybe some people would drop out of the race immediately when she made this decision, but everybody kind of held their ground and said, look, no, you know, bring it on. You don't live in this district. You don't know what you're doing. You're just trying to, you know, find a way back to Congress. And um, a lot of anger from, you know, up and down the ranks of the party, again, from from those uh, candidates who are already running in the district to the state party chairman said he tried to talk her out of it um, before she made the decision. It hasn't been met exactly with as a coronation. You know, I always look at this stuff from the perspective of the money. And yeah, the Democrats she defeated in 2022, Adam Frisch, a former Aspen City Council member, is the third leading fundraiser of people running for Congress this year. He's got more than $4 million in the bank. And so I guess that's a reason to flee. But you look at her money, she's got about $1.4, $1.5 million in her campaign account. And one of the questions I'm going to have is, can these other candidates out there in the fourth, that is 
often been sort of more of a low key. It's such a safe Republican seat, but this is going to be such a crowded Republican primary. And can those candidates in the fourth raise enough money to take her on? It interested me that some of them were coming out kind of swinging, kind of referring to her as a carpetbagger and and criticizing this move of hers. And so I think that's going to be interesting. But where does this leave the third congressional district? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, there were a few Republicans who were running in that district beforehand, but they were kind of folks who were unafraid of Lauren Boebert, maybe like less name ID and political experience. So Jeff Hurd, a Grand Junction attorney, was probably considered the the second best Republican or second um, second place to Boebert in the district. He's still running, but you've already seen a former state representative, Ron Hanks, who ran unsuccessfully for Senate in 2022, jump into the race. He actually doesn't even live in the district. Last I checked, he was in Fremont County, which is actually in the 7th district. But then Representative Matt Soper said he was interested in running, and so did Stephen Varela, a former uh, state Senate candidate who now sits on the Colorado Board of Education. So it could be a pretty competitive Republican primary in the 3rd district as well, now that Boebert has jumped over. But I think the general consensus is now that Boebert's out of the race. This should be a pretty easy seat for, for Republicans to win. She was kind of the factor, the denominator that that made the district competitive in the first place, whereas before Republicans had kind of run away with, with races in there for more than a decade. Yeah, it's just interesting to see what is going on here. And, and we should say, you know, Ken Buck is... The reason she can get into the fourth because he's decided not to run for another term. Is he saying anything about any of this? So far, he's not, um, not publicly at least. I know that there's a lot of backroom chatter going on among folks just because they were so shocked at this decision. But he's, you know, staying on the sidelines. It'll be interesting to see if he does decide to endorse one of the fourth district primary candidates. But again, you know, it's a big change out there. Buck has represented the district since 2014. Uh, he was elected in 2014, so um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a hard fought race. It's kind of a, another Republican drama situation in the state where the party is already kind of in in trouble trying to figure out its way back to relevancy. Yeah, it's getting so much national media attention too, and it's just going to be something to watch. It's a it seems like it's a big risk to take, but I guess. She felt like she needed to take it. Well, Jesse, it's good talking with you about this. Hopefully we won't have any sort of major surprises like this for a little while, but who knows? It's a whole new year. Thanks for talking with us. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, folks. And remember, you could become a premium subscriber to The Sun and get our unaffiliated newsletter twice a week with plenty of more information where this came from. Have a good week. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. A billionaire who has amassed hundreds of thousands of acres of land in eastern Colorado, Kansas, and New Mexico says he wants to use his investment to benefit the region's farmers. Stefan Soloviev spent two decades paying as little as $200 an acre for farmland across the West. Now he plans to quit farming and instead rent his 400,000 acres back to farmers to grow grain, which he says they can store in his grain elevator in Sheridan Lake near the Kansas border. The Land Report ranked Soloviev 26th on its list of the top 100 landowners in the country for 2022. 
a 45-year-old man is facing charges he broke into the Colorado Supreme Court building in downtown Denver early Tuesday and held a security guard at gunpoint. The Colorado State Patrol says Brandon Olson shot out a courthouse window to get in. He also fired a gun inside the building and set a fire in a stairwell before he was arrested and the fire was put out. The state patrol said the incident is not tied to recent threats against the Colorado Supreme Court panel that ruled former President Trump is ineligible to appear on Colorado's presidential primary ballot. A Colorado Springs mother accused of killing two of her young children and injuring a third made an initial court appearance Monday in London, where she was arrested over the weekend. Kimberly Singler, 35, is facing extradition to the U.S. on charges of murder, attempted murder, child abuse, and assault. Singler disappeared as Colorado police prepared to arrest her in the deaths of her 9-year-old daughter and 7-year-old son, who were found slain December 19th during what was reported as a burglary. Singler's 11-year-old daughter was hospitalized for several days before being released. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever. And the Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.